Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. My next guest is Lindy Johnson, and Lindy Johnson is a comedian. She rocketed to success after winning the Savannah Show Us Your Apples open mic showdown in 2017. She has performed on esteemed stages such as Cape Town Comedy Club, Rocking the Daisies in 2016, and the Jive Cape Town Funny Festival in 2017 and 2019. And I think her biggest success was being selected by Trevor Noah for his Nationwide um, show, which aired on Mnet and Showmax. Lindy, a very good evening to you. Thanks so much for your time. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's lovely to have you. So tell me, Lindy, we're not, we, you, you can throw in one or two jokes if you'd like, but we are talking on a more serious matter in terms of money. And we'd like to know a little bit about your money journey. Maybe let's, let's go back and give me a bit of background where you grew up and how you grew up. Well, I first want to say one or two jokes a bit, um, Generous, considering that it's finance and I am a comedian, so the whole thing is going to be a joke. But I mean, I'm here for fun. I'm not doing anything this low cheating. I might as well. <laughs> okay. Knock yourself out. So, so I'm from Paul, which is um, not as exciting as nobody thinks it is. And um, grew up with a single mom, two older brothers. You know, um, it was always my dream to be a comedian. So I'm here for the long haul. It doesn't really matter what happens along the way. This is my journey. Uh, so, Lindy, tell me. Okay, so you grew up single mom and you've always wanted to be a comedian. I mean, we always wonder. I mean, comedians, we see you guys on stage. And, of course, you know, we know the story of of a Trevor Noah making it big. But, you know, as you're coming up, I mean, before you get to that stage where you beg, I mean, is there enough money in it? I know it's a passion and sometimes we have to struggle to get there. Is there enough money there for you? You know, I feel like this in South Africa, we don't really have a middle class. We have rich people and we have extremely poor people and then mm. we have people living month to month. And if they go one month at the salary, they just as poor as everyone else. So entertainment isn't really a priority for anyone in this country. So as comedians, we are fighting with the movies. We are fighting mm. with amusement parks. We are fighting with everyone because like normal people's budget is one entertainment per month. Otherwise, we're sitting at home watching Netflix and all just chilling and brying with our friends because that's the best option. So, yes, it's a very difficult industry to be in, entertainment in general. And, I mean, even radio people, like, no offense, I'm very happy for you guys. But it's also, it's very difficult. It's very tough. Like, you never know what's going to happen when you're in the entertainment industry. So, you constantly ask, you save all the time, you live very frugally, and... I feel like a lot of people focus, they're always focusing on, are you making enough money? No. Mm. But it's important that you are constantly diversifying your portfolio. You are, it's a constant thing. You can't just be like, yeah, I'm a comedian. I've done these gigs. I'm set for life. No. Mm. Even if you are a comedian like Kevin Noah, he's also constantly doing new things because that's just how the industry works. I suppose you're as good as your last joke. I wouldn't say that because I've made a lot of nonsense jokes this week, but I mean, I'm as good as my last gig, which was six months ago. Okay. 
So how do you manage that? So you say that you're constantly saving and you are frugal. How do you manage all of that? Because you don't know when the next gig is coming. And of course we have, you know, we're sitting in the middle of a pandemic and we had, you know, this really hard lockdown. All gigs were canceled. That must have been really hard. I mean, just that's just this year. But how do you manage that? I think a lot of money management advice is focusing on being frugal and not spoiling yourself. And I know as millennials, we are constantly told, don't buy that coffee, don't buy that ever, all that kind of nonsense. Mm. But it's really about really now facing reality. There is no money. Okay, cool. So what are you going to do with the little money that you do have? You have to make smart decisions. You have to make decisions that will uh, benefit your career. So you buy, like at the beginning, lockdown, I bought like tripod and a good quality laptop, made sure my phone was fine so mm-hmm. I could constantly make videos, so I could constantly be on Zoom and entertain companies through that. And then there was load shedding. Yes, then there was load shedding. And I mean, I do have some great power banks. You know, that's the kind of purchase you need to make and you constantly have to focus mm. about your, what is your next step? And how are you going to handle this? There's not, not, not going to be any power. There's not going to be any gigs. Okay, next step, adapt or die. Yeah. So you do sound like you have a die-hard attitude. Like, you know, let's just pick up and go. There's no time for pity parties. I mean, if I don't, I'm going to die mm-hmm. on. <laughs> really, really <hard. laughs> It's not funny. It's so real. <laughs> <laughs> but you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> It's good that, and I think as South Africans, we have that really, that that amazing, what would you call it, skill about ourselves. We make jokes and we can laugh at ourselves no matter how bad the situation is. I mean, that is comedy. Comedy is tragedy plus time. So South Africans have had a lot of tragedies and a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. So we are naturally funny. So you said you bought the tripod and you say that you diversify. What else are you doing to to stay alive? I do online gigs with companies. So mm. like a lot of companies have done Friday drinks and then I come in for that. I do a bit of writing as well. It helps. I mean, adverts, make an insurance shout out. <laughs> but, you know, those kind of things. And I mean, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But just because maybe that's because I prepared for the worst and that helped quite a bit. I mean, you're essentially, a, you know, a freelancer. I mean, we, we rely on gigs and if they don't come, then you need a backup plan. And then, you know, if the backup plan doesn't work, you need another backup plan. And I suppose that's how you stay alive, right? Yes, but I mean, I think for me it was a bit easier because I moved from Paul to Joburg last year specifically for this purpose where I was just like, you know, I'm in a good position in stand-up mm-hmm. comedy. I can see I know what I'm doing. I'm doing well. I might as well go up to Joburg where there are more opportunities to expand my profile in the entertainment industry where I can try acting, where I can try presenting, I can try radio, all these kind of things. I mean, I've got cut short but still I got to try and I got a few ads and I'm quite happy with my progress. 
do you always plan so far in advance? I mean, obviously, the career is moving in this direction and you wanted to come to Joburg. I mean, lots of people move here looking for those kind of opportunities because it will propel you in whatever career that you um, are following. Um, do you plan that far in advance? Do you find that that's really important for you? I find planning in far in advance and short-term planning is very comforting. That's all it is because you never know what the hour is going to happen. I did not plan for a plague to be upon us. That mm-hmm. was not never mm-hmm. in the works for me. So planning is just a comfort tool that I use so that I know in which way I'm going. So that when people ask me questions like my aunties and uncles and they tell me, when are you going to get the real job? I can tell them, well, look here, Pedro, I have a plan. <laughs> And it's fine. But in the real world, it does nothing. I just, most of the time, I'm going with the flow and seeing what happens. Are you serious? I mean, do you still get asked that question? When are you going to get a real job? Is that a joke or are they being serious with you? I think they're being serious. I just, I can't tell because I don't take them seriously as people. (laughs) Because, <laughs> you know, there just comes a point in your life. I'm 26 years old now, and I know mm-hmm. you guys are going, no, what, Lindy, you look 18, please stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you need a real job. Yeah, no, I'm 26 now. I know I've done comedy for five years now. I know it's a thing I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I can't still be letting people. And I mean this as no offense to other people, but, mm-hmm. you know, all the people have not lived the life I have lived. They have not lived in a life with as, as many opportunities as I have with social media the way I have. So I really can't take advice from them. I can't take the opinion seriously on my journey. It just it doesn't make sense. Where are you drawing your information from? Where are you getting educated? What are the sources that you do use now? Because that's an interesting point. You are younger, you are more tech savvy. Um, you know, you uh, you have different avenues and you don't really want to take advice from older people. So where are you getting your advice? And I'd like to know as a young person, um, how do you... Um, how are you managing your money? How are you getting educated about how, what to do with your money? Honestly, I think I'm... I hope you're listening to my show regularly. Sorry? I hope you're listening to my show regularly. Yeah, always. I love radio. Um, That's my favorite thing. No, it's just... um, Honestly, I I look up to other comedians. People Mm -hmm. have been doing this for a long time. Their lives are what I want to emulate sort of for myself. So if I do have a question, and I'm so grateful for my industry and the people around me because I can constantly ask questions. I never feel ashamed or shy to say, hey, I they offered me 2,000 rand for this. Should I take it? And they're like, no, you should be earning mm. 15 for this. Go in and ask for eight. And there's a nice middle ground. And now I can do these things on my own. But before, when I couldn't, I could always go to Kate Goliath or, you know, all the Yasin Bonds. The people in the industry who help me constantly. I mean, I know you talk a lot about women and you're a bit of an activist for women as well, which is really important. I mean, how important is that for you to spread that kind of knowledge to other women as well? I think it's imperative because, you know, I I just feel like, I know it's my own experience, but I feel like it's very similar to other women where we weren't told you can do this. Mm. And I always tell other women this, where they're like, I don't know if I should be a comedian. And I'm just like, 
if you know you've made people laugh and other people have laughed at the joke, but they never say, hey, this girl made me laugh, I should tell her, go be a comedian. They tell men that all the time, you're so funny, why aren't you a comedian? Mm. Because women is just like, you're funny, that's it. So now I'm constantly like, okay, ask questions because nobody's going to tell you this. Nobody's yeah. going to point you in the right direction. You have to take initiative for everything. And it sucks, but it's the only way you can move forward. And is that how you continue to educate yourself? Because, you know, you could get the wrong advice as well. But do you ask enough questions to different people to make sure that you're on the right track in what you're doing? Because th- these are very real issues. I mean, not knowing how to bill, not asking for enough money, not making sure mm. that you are paid on time because, you know, these kinds of services, you know, people, if you if you get booked out for a gig, sometimes they'll pay you within two or three months. Then what do you do? How do you live for the next two months? I mean, these are really important issues. How do you navigate that? Yeah, so with asking, those are like three different issues. But like, for the first one, with asking um, and knowing how much you charge, that is a question that you should never be afraid to ask mm. the people in your industry. Like, the only person you are harming by not asking is the industry. And you shouldn't be caring about that. You should be making sure you are fed. At the end of the day, you are alone. So you need to ask as many people as possible, yo, how much should I do this for? Then you do your own research. I search on Google. I search on LinkedIn. I search on on Twitter, I search on Facebook, any keywords I can find just to see, okay, this is how much they paid. This makes sense for the years, years experience I have for the gigs I've done before. Then getting collections for your payments, that's a struggle for all freelancers, especially uh, like it's such a mission. I'm so grateful that I have excellent management so I don't mm. really have to deal with that anymore because they're constantly on your case and but like for me honestly when I did it myself I was just there was just kind of a point where I was just like I think I had an invoice that was maybe a year old I was mm. celebrating it um, yeah I was <laughs> celebrating anniversaries out here and I was just like I'm never doing this ever again and that time I was living with my mom so I didn't have as many expenses but then I moved in by myself, and I was just like, if I don't, like, make, this is saying, you know, you just a market stand duck. I was <laughs> like, if I don't make my voice heard, yeah. then everybody's going to walk all over me. Absolutely. And then that's when I was just like, the emails, I would set reminders on my calendar, and I would give them, I would ask them, as soon as I send my invoice, and I was like, I would send another email. In that same email, I'd be like, when could I be expecting payment? Yeah. And once they gave me a date, I'd be fine with that. I set the reminder um, alarm in my calendar for that day. I'll wait the day and I'll send another email. Hi, yesterday was my payment. Please don't be late. Oh, well done. Well done. You know, it's important for you to understand your worth and make sure that people are paying. And sadly, you know, many of us don't like asking for what we are owed, but it becomes a reality. If you're not on it, they will take advantage and they may not pay you. Lindy, before I let you go, I know you said you save, but what do you splurge on? Do you splurge on anything? Um, You know, it's very suitable. I should start splurging on anything, but like sneakers. I will... Sneakers? Yes. 
I absolutely, it's very stereotypical of a Kali woman, but woo, I love her night shoes. <laughs> I am there for any Air Force One, a Jordan, just I won't even look at the price. I just want it, but like I only do that. If it's a really big gig and I've been saving for it over a while, so I have a separate saving account for it specifically so I can be smart about it and I don't feel as bad. Well done. That's, you know, this is the first where you actually keep a separate account for the sneakers because I understand that they come really expensive, some of them. Yeah, they, they're quite pricey. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, need to, I work hard, mm-hmm. you know? And you're saving separately for it, so why not? Yes, good morning. (laughs) Lindy, it was lovely chatting to you. We've run out of time. Thanks so much for joining us this evening and sharing your uh, money journey with us. And hopefully we'll see you in studio one of the days with your fancy sneakers. Lindy Johnson. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lindy. Lindy Johnson, comedian, joining me there. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.